This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Tell me up, bro. Check this out. Oh yeah, you'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. So I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. Today, we're going to take you on a journey through crew love. You know what I'm saying? I got a very, very special episode um, with the woman that is the lifeblood of wine and hip-hop. This could not happen without her. Our head of editorial, Dr. Rebecca Lawrence. I'm in New York. Rebecca's in Verona, Italy, so we work remotely. This episode was recorded live in the streets of Verona uh, on a trip that I took out there. And interestingly enough, this was recorded before Rebecca began working with us at Crew Love. So it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to look back. She's genuinely one of the dopest people that I've ever met in wine one of the smartest people that I know and we're very, very blessed to work with her. She was a wine educator with WSET and when we connected, she was working with Vanitaly, but her AKA was always young, get shit done. Cause that's what she does. She gets shit done, man. She calls the shots. And with regard to wine and hip hop, a lot of the writing, creative direction. Now it's really easy to fall in love with the wine and hip hop brand and you know see wolf of wine every day doing his thing but you know just understand there is a very very dope team behind me and uh without these guys i could not do it so i want y'all to get to know our head of editorial dr rebecca lawrence today we live from verona italy we're live from verona <laughs> we are live and I got my homie in the building. We got Rebecca Lawrence. We got to come up with an AKA for you. I need an AKA, man. You're hugging them all. Okay, we're going to figure this out by the end of this show. Okay. <laughs> by the end of this show. Not MC Pet? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm nah, not nah. taking mm, that. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. You could do better than that. You could do better than that. We I mean, I'm a doctor. So, Ooh, I don't know, we okay. could go down the Dr. Dre route. Mm, I like it, but it, I feel like it has to have some wine yeah. type of, Okay, you know, okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I like the doctor. We'll, fig- we'll, we'll, get it, we'll get it right. But we here. It's another episode of Wine and Hip Hop. Um, we have my favorite wine <laughs> educator with us. I have worlds of respect for what you do. Definitely one of the most... Um, creative minds that I have met, one of the most organized and smart people that I've met. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to, to help people understand the level of celebrity that you come with in my mind, okay? Oh, wow. So nice. I can't just put the educator hat on you. You know, you fit, you fall into, I, I saw a lot of like logistics work happening mm-hmm. today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so how would you describe um, your position here? Just 
you know, trying to hustle. The woman that gets it done. I Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm the woman who gets it done. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite writers is like, I don't want to be the guy, I want to be the guy the guy depends on. <laughs> I like being in that role. I like the reputation of, of getting stuff done because it's important to get shit done. Exactly, <laughs> and, and that you do. So I'm just out here trying to get shit done. <laughs> that you do, that you do. Well, we connected um, through, I mean... I'm, I'm trying to think, how exactly did we, like, really, like, vibe and bond? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm obviously a huge fan of what you're doing, and I know we're going to get into why I'm a huge fan of what you're doing. <laughs> so I probably just kind of constantly liked what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> no. We, I, you know what? I feel like you definitely hit a whole different level when I heard the rap. Yeah, okay. the rap, the now, rap, the infamous <laughs> rap, the rap, because it was like how it came. It wasn't like being advertised, nothing like that. It was just like, yo, we're over here doing some wine and hip hop shit, too. But it wasn't an announcement <laughs> saying that we're doing that. I'm just so, trying to get it in <laughs> under the wire, man. <laughs> so you wrote a rap. Well, you you use hip hop to teach. Yeah. How and why did that come about? So, uh, a little while ago, feels like a million years ago, I was studying for my WSET diploma, and there is just a shit ton of stuff you got to know, and I was really struggling as, I was educating as well, but I was a student, and it really like flips the, the role when you are an educator who becomes a student, and you start thinking about what the student needs, because I just had no way of knowing how to get all this stuff in my brain. There's only so much space and there are so many freaking wine regions and grapes and stuff you have to know. And we had like a WhatsApp group amongst my tasting group and one of my friends, Scott, I'm sorry, I'm going to shout him out because he's, he's the uber geek <laughs> and he's also a podcast freak. He sent around the Aligote rap, uh, which I really loved. And I thought, I love rap and hip hop this really makes sense to me because you can't take a flashcard into an exam, right. you know, and students really struggle with how to remember stuff easily. But if you can make a rap about something, you can just recite those lines in your head. So I just started making these like super short verses about wines and regions and grape varieties. And then it really helped me. Like literally I was sitting in my D3 diploma exam, which for those of you listening will know it's hell. <laughs> trying to remember something about a wine region and the rap came to me. I was like, ah, oh, it worked. So then I just took it into the classroom because I was like, if it works for me, it's going to work for someone else. Some people, you know, everyone learns in different ways. They're visual or they need to hear audio. If you can take a piece of information that's just super dry and written on a page and turn it into an experience, turn it into something someone can relate to, then, you know, genius. That's so I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just started doing it in my classes. Also, it was a way to get people's attention in a classroom. When I started educating, I was super nervous about presenting to people. You're mm. always worried that there's going to be someone in the room who knows more, and there probably always is. Mm. So if you can show that you are approachable and fun, that the information should be approached in a fun way, like, for me, that just really made sense. Yeah. Had you uh, written music before or was that like 
you just woke up one day like, yo, I'm going to fucking write these raps today, man. Like, I got some shit I need to get off my chest. Uh, I come from a slight kind of rock metal background, so mm. I started... We're learning some things here. <laughs> you don't know this about me. <laughs> I, I started as a bass player and singer in bands when I was 11, so I had been writing some of my own, but like rock metal, it's, you know... And like, as a teenager, like every teenager thinks they can write music. Yo, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I mean, I, I don't think everyone has that bone in them, though, you know, like that can really connect. You know, it's difficult to articulate your thoughts mm -hmm. and make them rhyme, yeah. you know, in like <laughs> one, you know, cohesive pattern like that's not that's not easy yeah and then uh, you throw in things like truck and baron auslesen and oh, you know <laughs> what do you what what do you rhyme truck and baron auslesen with absolutely nothing that's the end of a line you just do the mic drop and you leave <laughs> <laughs> oh man so I'm, I'm gonna figure that out okay. I, you know i was out the the wheels would turn it because i'm gonna I, I like i'm gonna see i'm gonna see if my predicat rap uses truck and baron auslesen I, I, <laughs> I might have just left that one alone I'll be so brazen to use Trock and Baron Auslazen in oh rhyme man. while I'm playing. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, nah. come on! <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think that that is really, really cool. Oh, okay. I, I rhymed it with ain't gonna phase ya. So, Trock and Baron Auslazer ain't gonna phase ya. Mm, okay. We I mean, got, it's weak, we got, but... We got, no, no, <laughs> it, it, it's not. Because here's the thing. You was you were talking about something, you know. You would you would you was saying something, and that's the thing. I think hip hop is about communicating a message. Yeah. You know that message could be verbal. Maybe it's nonverbal. Maybe you're communicating a feeling. Yeah. But you have to use several words to do that. You know. Yeah. I think Tupac honestly was great with communicating his feelings in yeah. his raps. One of Even, the best. You know, like it's it's um. It's important, man. What we're doing mm. is, is really huge. Um, but I'm here for uh, Five Star Wines, Wines Without Walls. Man, you've been tasting I all day for two days two straight. Two days straight. It, it, was, it was real. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit about Five Star Wines and Wines Without Walls and how that came about? Sure. So we're in our fifth edition, I believe. This is a, a wine selection, uh, basically a, a form of competition, um, all done blind, you know, super, super technical, where essentially wineries will submit their wine, they're tasted by panels, uh, and we produce, unlike other wine competitions where all the producer gets is like a sticker for their wine, we produce like a whole book. Mm. Uh, both digital and print copy, um, which showcases all of the wines that have been selected with the scores higher than 90 and those that get the special scores and the prizes. And it's really a way for us, it started primarily as Italian wines uh, and still is dominated by the Italian wine submissions, but now it's broadening out a little bit, particularly in the category you've been judging this week, which is Wine Without Walls. So this is our, our organic, natural, biodynamic, kind of all sustainable, all, all the wines that fall into that category. 
so that um, they can really be judged alongside, you know, other wines uh, of similar character and you've been working on that that is a category that's been growing massively and we are beginning to see a lot of submissions obviously from from elsewhere in the world which is super great because it's a way of us showcasing not just Italian wines but other wines within that category that you know the judges have deemed to be exceptional right right how do the producers connect with you guys and uh, you know opt for their wines to be selected I mean in in this modern era, <laughs> uh, we do a lot of social media and we do a lot of outreach. Like we do a lot of talking to wineries personally. Mm. You know, we get on the phone, we get on the email, and say, "Hey guys, we're we're doing this really cool thing. We don't just give you a sticker for your wines. We give you a book. We give you a whole social media campaign because there's a huge campaign afterwards. You get your diploma. Normally." As you know, it happens during the Vinitaly Marathon, so there's also the fair going on. And normally the team work through the night to produce the certificates, the diplomas, to ha physically hand to the producers at their stands, wow. which is amazing because you have buyers and sommeliers, importers all coming, and you, you turn up at a producer and go, you've just won this amazing medal. <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of... It's kind of like the, the retail version or some version of the hand sell, but it's like yeah. getting it out to them that what we're doing is, is above and beyond what other selections might be offering. That, that makes all the mm. difference. It makes all the difference. It's all personality, right? Like yeah. wine is about, I think, being convivial, being personal, and particularly the culture of wine in Europe and Italy is, you know, it's the personal connection, and we really want to connect personally with producers. Right, right. That's dope, man. I mean... So we're out here. This is I've had a ball already. <laughs> you know, I I never drank. Well, no, I have drank that much wine before. The the last time I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the Verona thing. You go to Verona. <laughs> you drink a lot you're of wine. Drink a shit ton of wine. <laughs> That's just how that happens. But no, like I think we drank like thirty five wines the first day. Well, tasted oh, through 35. at least. Yeah, I think you did more than that actually. You yeah. had so many flights yesterday. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, and they just keep them coming. They like, you know, you finish coming. a flight, another one arrives. It's nonstop. Shout out. Big shout out to my brother, Yannick Benjamin, our man. faithful captain. He's a boss, man. Oh, he my God. He steered that ship. I have so much respect for this dude. He was patient, but still firm, pushed us along, made sure that everyone was involved. Yeah. You know, tasting in a circle like that, mm -hmm. like just so... You know, this show is for people walking through the door of the wine industry. And, you know, I just want to highlight the importance of tasting mm -hmm. in groups. Yeah, it was really nice to see everyone back in person because yeah. being in that panel where you've got people around you, everyone's coming to it from a different perspective, from a different background. You get all of those different palettes in one place. Right. I think that's really important for a competition. My biggest takeaway was that you know, wine is so subjective mm. and there are all these different opinions, but we had like a, a criteria to, to judge by, you know, what, how do you approach that? Like, cause it was like, what, like one to 10 on, on yeah. each aspect of the wine, like nose, palate, different aspects of palate and nose and appearance. Yeah. You know, so it, it was difficult, at least when I got started. It was difficult for me to think like, all right, because I really like the structure of this wine. Mm -hmm. Should I give it a, a high score or is it that the um, 
they did a good job with structure. Maybe I don't like it personally. It's not for my palate, but I can understand what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like thinking about me and I feel like I'm really representing my community. I'm out here yep. preaching the gospel, wine and hip hop. I think about my community's palate mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, making these decisions. But at the same time, you know, is it a is it a matter of like thinking about what's marketable? Yeah. You know, thinking about what most people will like. You know, how would you suggest walking into that type of situation? Yeah, it's a tough one. And actually, I had this conversation with a judge today who's coming to it from a market perspective, mm. not from just a quality of wine perspective. I think you have to find a way to blend the two because the aim particularly of a selection like Five Star and Wine Without Wars is to open up more producers to the public. Right. You know, it's to really showcase some of this this greatness that's maybe been a little bit hidden. I really approach a competition like Five Star by thinking about the overall quality of the wine itself, mm. but also feeding back to someone like Yannick who's a panel chair why I think this would or wouldn't work if I'm having to sell it. You know, if I'm if I'm going to buy it, what am I expecting of it? Is it going to show its typicity? If if I read about this wine, picked it off the shelf, what would I expect of it? You know, right. not just the quality of the wine, but does it work as a wine in that sense? And like you say, we've got the 10-point scale, but for me, I always approach it as the whole wine mm. and work back from there. It's like, you know, I know that this wine is a 92 why for me is that a 92 and then you, and then you can put your scores in like it's not right. is the nose a, you know a, a 10 on intensity is the color only a seven it's it's really trying to find the big picture of the wine and I completely agree that you've you've got to come from it from your own background thinking about you know yeah your community and whether they're going to approach that and I think the panels really help with that because you yeah. get everyone's perspective, you know, you, you get right. your perspective and you also get, you know, Tara's perspective and, and Yannick's perspective and Alice Wong for, who's coming in from, from Hong Kong. Yeah. So, And that, that's why I think, you know, that international approach to wine, mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. I, I love what Vanilli's doing with the, um, ambassador program yeah you know making sure that people out there preaching the gospel yeah it's just it's a cool it's a cool environment a cool thing you know um but yeah today was today was very life-changing for me <laughs> um it felt like you worked hard man i saw I, you like I, I i like church mm-hmm. but it felt like when church is over <laughs> and you get to take your, your church shoes <laughs> off or your church socks off and your feet you can fit, loosen that tie and, and a little you don't have to go back until next sunday you know that that's what it felt like i enjoyed yeah. my time but you're you're free to, now man you can just to be free you can just chill and, <laughs> and enjoy some wine i gotta say but it, it was cool man I, I that was definitely a really cool experience um now you also have a podcast <laughs> i do you know you're <laughs> Like I said, she wears a lot of hats. She wears a lot of hats. I like hats. Now, <laughs> now, what, what's, what brought you to start a podcast? I have always wanted a podcast. Always. You got the voice for it. <laughs> you got the voice for it. I've always wanted to be in radio. Uh, I grew up with the BBC, obviously. <laughs> I'm very British. As they say here in Italy, molto British. <laughs> um, but I... I've been listening to podcasts since they started. Some of the podcasts I listen to, I've still been listening to for like 
12 years now. Um, but like you, that there, there needed to be something very specific and a message or something that I was really passionate about. Mm. I didn't want to do just another wine podcast. Right. You know? There's there's enough of those around doing it better than I'm doing with a bigger audience. I don't know about all that. We'll <laughs> see. Um, and then last year, uh, I was hit with this light bulb because I, I became a runner. Uh, we've we've talked about this that you know it was really important to me to find something I could do that means that I can enjoy wine in a moderated and healthy way. You know, maybe I can have that extra glass because I've done some activity. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also working in. As you say, I wear a lot of hats. It's not just educating, it's events. It's a, there's a lot of travel with what I do. I, I work on education programs all over the world. I needed something to just let off some steam, just be mine. So I started running. And the more I ran, the more I realized there were huge themes that for me, there was a crossover between running and wine. And I was literally running for the wine, <laughs> hence the title. Um, so I reached out to some friends and I found a co-host who is a kind of veteran runner. Like a, He's not a pro, but he's been running for a lot longer than me. He knows a lot of stuff about running. I'm a complete rookie. I know nothing. You was know, he podcasting already? Or? He was not, but he, you know, he's got the voice for it he too, does. right? He's dope. He's dope. Yeah. Uh, so he's based in Seattle, which makes some recording times interesting but he really wanted to get into wine but didn't know anything about it and like for me that's an ideal situation so I need to learn more about wine he needs to learn no I need to learn more about running he needs to learn more about wine so we came together and we're like we can do this together by exploring the same theme so and that's that's how it was born Running for the wine. Running for the wine. Because I, mean, I am. I'm just running for the <laughs> wine. Running for the wine. I run, but I run for the exactly. wine. Exactly. There's got to be a reward for all that terrible work. Now, I mean. Question Have you ever ran drunk? I have not. <laughs> I have not. But I did get one of my personal bests after two glasses of Brunello. So. Wow. And, you know, I don't recommend that. You know, I almost went to the gym after, um, after the day was done today. And I'm like, yo. I drank too much wine. I don't know yeah. if I can do this. You get that heavy feeling. Mm. But there's something about running that's like cleansing. Yeah. Almost. I'll definitely run after the, the night before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Right. Right. Um, but this is wine and hip hop. It is. So I have to introduce everyone to your rap spirit animal. Oh, yeah. When we start doing the spirit animal question, there's going to be like a cat like rap. Like, there's going to be some <laughs> shit that. I you mean, I, I basically am a cat. I love to nap. <laughs> so. Cats do it right, man. Cats yeah. do it right. Um, but everyone is going to want to know who your rap spirit animal is. <sighs> you know, is everyone, everyone has, if you could dis- have a rapper that described your style, your persona, what artist would that be? Okay. I hate th- I I know this question's coming. Like, <laughs> I listened to your podcast and it's like, oh, geez. Mm. Okay. Well, we we talked a a little bit about this uh, when we spoke on Running for the Wine, um, when we were talking about running and music, but if I'm I'm allowed to have a little bit of fantasy... (laughs) You are. I I would really love my spirit animal to be Lin-Manuel Miranda. Now, I don't... I don't know if he truly counts as, you know, proper rap oh, and hip hop. He counts. He, he has an album out. Okay. You know, he did a song with Nas. I picked up the pen like Hamilton. Street analyst. Now I write words to try to channel them. Yeah. I speak 
dubbing these rhymes in my dual cassette deck Running out of time like I'm Jonathan Lawson's rent check My mind is where the wild things are, Maurice Sendak In withdrawal, I want it all, please give me that pen back That's true, that's you know? true, the, the Hamilton mixtape yep. um, I just really relate to what he's doing because it's it's educational like he is kind of teaching history i i know people have some issues with the discrepancies but he's he's building this historical content he's teaching about things without you realizing you're learning it he's also he likes big words i love big <laughs> words and he's super high energy yeah and a lot of feedback when i did my teacher training all of my feedback was like yeah it's great but you're quite high energy <laughs> maybe you like just want to take it down a level like maybe You're just supposed to be hot hot the kids gonna fall asleep like what's going on I know, right? <laughs> so I, I really relate to that super fast slightly educational and also if we're talking full disclosure about my background uh, I'm a little bit uh, obsessed with Thomas Jefferson and partly wrote my PhD based around Thomas and Thomas Jefferson's idea of the pursuit of happiness. So oh. I have I have some founding fathers in my background. So <laughs> I, I super relate to that. Well, you know he liked his wine. He exactly. <laughs> he liked his wine too. Exactly. You know, so that that makes a lot of sense. Yo, I mean, that's an interesting story. Like his whole connection to wine in itself. Yeah. Just wild. But I mean, he's, you know, not a great character, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, uh -huh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Everybody has has a past. Yeah, especially him. Especially him. Especially him. Um, no, that that I can I can totally see some Lin Manuel. You know, I think you're probably a better rapper than him, though. I don't think that's true. I don't know. I mean, all it takes all it takes is practice. Like you, yeah. it's just like tasting. You keep tasting, you start picking out those aromas, see? and it's wine know, and hip hop. It's wine and it's hip hop. Practice. You just got to keep practicing. I want to get more wine raps out there. A big, yeah. a, a big part of um, you know what we're doing is trying to get more artists to involve wine in their raps. Yeah. And I just think that so it, it's it's a long way to go. You know, it's a long way to go, and I'm hoping that we do a lot more of that. Um, I think that you're really paving the way in that. You know, one one WSET session at a time. One at a time. <laughs> you know, you might you might be birthing new rap fans. I hope so. You know, because look, we're in Italy. Mm -hmm. Hip hop is not the largest genre of music here. No, probably not. <laughs> How <laughs> when you started using hip hop in your um, in your lessons? How was that received? A little bit fifty fifty. Mm. Because, I mean, people assume that wine people are not hip-hop. They, they you know? really do. That was a ballsy uh, move. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one thing you'll, you'll learn about me, particularly if you're in my classroom, is that I am absolutely not afraid to make a fool out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dance like nobody's watching. Uh, you know, and rap like no one's listening. Which <laughs> 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 is what I do. She'll be here all night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> this material's all mine. Don't um, forget to tip the waitress. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's super mixed because wine is taken very seriously. It's a serious topic. Lots of people think wine should be very dry, very, uh, you know, traditional. And, you know, me, I'm not that. Um, and my personal motto, my education motto is 
wine education shouldn't be dry. It's an alcoholic beverage, like there's only so seriously you can take it. And I think we need to have some more fun because I think that will help people see wine as more approachable. Right. The biggest problem I have with the industry is that historically it just hasn't been something that's been approachable. It hasn't had open arms to everyone. And that's, I mean, that's just not good business sense. Right. Who are you going to sell your wine to if it's not approachable? So that's one of the key things I really want to do in the classroom is just make it more fun, make it more approachable, whilst also taking it seriously. And yes, I rap in the classroom, but I write raps so that I can help you learn the Pradicat, so I can help you learn a denomination, because it's really important to know the Pradicat levels when you're studying. And yeah, the, definitely some people are just like, oh, she doesn't take it seriously enough. What is she doing? Others are like, where has this been? Right. You know, I've been, look, I've been looking for other people like me and here they are. And I, I really agree with trying to present different sides, as many different sides as the, of the industry as you can. You know, when I started in the industry, you know, I'm this small, feisty girl. I had green hair at the time. I've got tattoos and I was working in an area that is dominated by, you know, rich stockbrokers. And many of them wouldn't talk to me. They would come into the shop and ask for the manager. Yeah. <laughs> and then they say, no, 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 I want to talk to someone who knows about wine. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, no, can, can, you, can you call someone else? And that was a real shock to me. They hit you with the, I need to speak to the manager. Bitch, I am the uh, manager. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing here? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I got that a lot. And I, I, for, you know, the first year that I was in that position, and, like, I would turn up to run events, and people would be like, oh, yeah, so um, when, when's the guy, the host getting here? I'm like, no, no, man, that's me. <laughs> like, and it, you know, it really pissed me off. And it's like, don't make an assumption about the person who walks in the room. Because if you're doing that with me, you're doing that with everybody else. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's just downright wrong. Yeah. Just hating shit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, really, I just wanted to take that into my classrooms. And I was so lucky with the WSET school in London when they said, um, when I applied to them to become one of their freelance educators, and they were like, Yes, we really want to see someone like you in the classroom. And I had a conversation with one of their senior edu- educators, and he was like, I'm so pleased you're here because you give us something different in the classroom. Mm. You know, you got green hair, you got tattoos, we need that. We got Margarita in the building. Hey, Margaret. How you feeling? Can you, can you say hi to the people real quick? Hey, everyone, this is Margarita. What's up? So, for those listening who don't know, Margarita is one half of La Serotonine, which is a local trap group here in Verona. You're Trento or Verona? Trento, Verona. I mean, seriously, you gotta check out her tunes. She is amazing. Can you can you give us? Come on, come on. Are you, do a little, are, are we do a little, to do hear a little. A couple bars, real do quick. La Serotonine. Traputine puttane. La mia figa hola de un embargo, da troppe settimane bombardo e bombo solo tipe strane. Se continua a usare ed abusare Tinder alla mia figa, faccio venire la fame. Woo! Woo! She just, yo, oh! right, right on the street, right on the spot. This is how we getting down. We live in the streets of Verona right now, y'all. Oh, man. Marge. Thank you. And I'll see you later because we got to go 
eat. Wait, what's your Instagram? How do they find you? My Instagram is at Leserotonina. You can find me on Spotify and everywhere else you listen to your music. Boom. <laughs> Damn. Yo, see, only in Verona. <laughs> and you you said that there's not big hip-hop culture here. We got it right here, like listen, on the streets, literally in the streets. Hip-hop is global, you know. Yeah. And that, that's what I love about what we do, you know. Like, for me, thinking about where I came from in the Bronx, to know that this little culture that started in a basement has grown to where this young woman just came up, spit some bars in a whole different language. Yeah, man. And she was in a pocket. Like, <laughs> she was doing her thing. Like, I didn't understand what she said. But. Might, might be for the best. Some the of it's pretty rude. <laughs> <laughs> the flow. You know, that's the thing. Like, flow is a universal language. Yeah. It totally is. You and know? I completely agree with what you say about, like, you know, hip-hop is global. Here, here you are in Verona from the Bronx talking to someone who grew up in the Northeast industrial steelwork town in the UK. And we're talking about wine and hip-hop, two completely global languages that touch everyone. Like... That needs to be tapped into. That's, I mean, that's why we started talking because yeah. we both, I mean, just it's so important to to widen that net to everyone and just show them that these cultures do intersect and it's not hard to find the intersections. Right, right. Damn, yo, this this episode <laughs> is just full of game. This is full of game. Rebecca, you are a force, hands down, one of the smartest people that I know. You're on some special shit right now, I have to say. Do you want to talk about the shit that I'm on? Oh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What are we on today? Okay, so uh, we're at one of my my favorite places to uh, to hang out in Verona. Can I can I give them a shout out? Please do. Okay, so we're at Grande Giove, which is technically a cocktail bar in Piazza Isolo in Verona. Super, super small, but they, they are connected to a lot of the skateboarding culture here. Uh, they're, they're run by a guy called Gio. He's amazing. And they have this really super small selection of interesting natural or unusual wines. Um, and so today I, I chose the uh, Cinquecento, mm. which is a pet nat, so Petion Naturel, uh, ancestral method, uh, white wine from Tuscany made with 100% Trebbiano, uh, lay, aged on the lees, but also, I mean, if you can see the color, it's just beautiful. It's got so much skin contact. And what I love about Italian white wine, because I'm not, I don't come from a white wine drinking background. I'm red wines all the way. Mm. And it was Italian white wine that made me fall in love with white wines because they're, they've got this great acidity, but they're so textural and the stuff you can do with them and people really write off Trebbiano. I mean, Trebbiano Toscano is one of the um, most planted, most used neutral grape varieties. But it's not really neutral if you can do some funky shit with it. Like, right. put it in amphora, put it in pet nat, where you get that second fermentation, you get the lees in the bottle, leave it on the skins, get that texture, that color. Really shows itself well. And it's also got a dope-ass label. So. <laughs> <laughs> this label is fire. We're going to put the label on... <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to put the label on wineandhiphop.com. If you just drill into the episode, check out the webpage. You will see how fire this is. It's very Basquiat, Slick Rick, yep. <laughs> little kind of Banksy-esque. You know, you know, he got the... Yep. Yeah, this is, this is fly. This is totally... The vibe is yeah. um, Petnat pretty big in Tuscany. 
Uh, it's it's bigger in the north, I would say, um, but it's getting it's growing. Um, we're really seeing the shift towards young, innovative winemakers in Italy. There's mm. kind of a changing of the guard going on for me, I think. And Petnat, obviously, it's taken over around the world. And one of the great things about Italy is it's really trying to make its presence global. It's trying to sell to all markets. So yeah, Petnat's really taken off here. Um, Trebbiano is a great grape to do it with because it's traditionally a little bit neutral so you can mess around with it and have some fun um, but there's a couple of denominations close by um, here sort of in the the Colli Eugenai which I will always pronounce incorrectly my apologies to the Italian <laughs> listeners um, but they're doing a lot of stuff with Moscato Giallo in the uh, Moscato Fiordorancia DOC which is just incredible and that's aromatic really truly aromatic variety on skins and leaves and we're also beginning to see the rise of the, the Prosecco Col Fondo, um, which is Prosecco with that second fermentation in bottle, leaving it with the lees, bumping up the texture. And with those aromatic, seriam, aromatic grapes, yeah, it's it's definitely seeing a boom. And the, the sort of new generation of wine drinkers in Italy are looking for those, those natural, those funky, those more interesting, you know, less stuffy wines, I think. Yeah. No, it it's it really does feel like a changing of the guard mm. after everything we tasted in the last <laughs> few days. Oh yeah. I I learned some things. Lots of Vermentino. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lots of Vermentino. Um but it, it this has been a great experience. Um definitely we definitely plan <clears throat> excuse me to be in Verona a lot more and you're gonna be hearing and seeing a lot more from Rebecca, man. Like we gotta, we gotta get you out to the states. Oh man, I'm we game. We gotta, you know, we we need to, we need to preach the gospel. I'm, I'm you know, ready. We on the same vibe. I like what you're doing, and I'm down. I'm here for it. Yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> any way that I can support, I'm I'm with it. I'm Likewise. With it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we gotta tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> How can we find you? I mean, I'm normally chilling at Jove. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here on a Sunday night with my nightcap. Uh, no, so the the podcast is at Running for the Wine on Instagram, runningforthewine.com. Uh, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and I personally am at Rosmarino e Vino, so translates as Rosemary and Wine on, on Instagram. You can hit me up there. Boom. And there you have it, guys. Another episode of Wine and Hip Hop in the Books. We live from Verona, y'all. I'm going to go drink some wine and fuck up the city. (laughs) Peace. This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop brought to you by Crew Love.